invite you, if you would, to take a Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 683. You want to turn there. Matthew chapter 5. We're beginning a sermon series in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus begins this sermon with a portion of Scripture that we call the Beatitudes. So Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, One of the things that I like to do as I drive around is I really like to see vanity license plates. And I'm always so intrigued by what people choose to put on the back of their car. And I'm also intrigued of how they get there. You know, you have to have, you know, like you're limited by like seven characters or so. You can't choose anything that someone else has already chosen. And so it's this great creative game to figure out how you can communicate what you would like to, given the limitations. And I have this running text message with two friends so anytime I'm out and I see one, I'll, I'll snap a picture of it, usually while I'm parked or at the stop sign, or whoever's beside me can grab the picture. So if you see me speeding down 280 one day, I might be in pursuit of the car in front of me for the tag. I'm going to share a few that I've seen um, over the last few months that are kind of interesting. Feel free, if you'd like, to write these down. And see if you can guess what people said. HGHRPWR. HGHRPWR. Higher power. Kind of interesting. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. I M D O N M E. I N I M D O N M E. I'm doing me. I'm like, isn't that great? I'm doing me. Um, G-O-O-C-H-I. Gucci. Because, of course, G-U-C-C-I was already taken. Okay. Uh, T-H-X-U-G-O-D. Thank you, God. Okay, here's... When I, when I saw this one, all I could think about was hot and now. Except, I'll tell you. H-L-F... D-U-Z-N, half dozen. I want the whole dozen. Assuming they're talking about donuts and not eggs. Okay, here's a good one. G-O-G-E-T-3-M. G-O-G-E-T-3-M. Go get them! 
one of my favorites recently. I, text, I texted the guys, and like, one of the guys was like, man, that gets you going in the morning. Like, go get them. And all right, uh, here's the last one. C-H-Z-J-O-Y. C-H-Z-J-O-Y. Could it be choose joy. We wondered if it was cheese joy. And we also thought that, you know, cheese for lots of us. God bless you if you're lactose intolerant. It's bring lots of us happiness and joy. Okay, I want you to imagine that you pulled up to a red light or a stop sign, and the car in front of you, their tag says B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Blessed. You pull up to the car in front of you, and the tag says blessed. Now, what kind of car is it? It's in your mind. What's the car look like? What do the people inside the car look like? In your mind. Because I, I think it's, it's pretty interesting for us to think about what we associate with the idea of being blessed. I pulled up to Donato's Pizza the other day, and I pulled in, and it wasn't their vanity plate, but the, 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 they went on the front and just said blessed across the front. And there they were in their car sharing a pizza with their very large dog peering over the back seat, like waiting at any moment to be blessed. But we think oftentimes that, that, that blessing is, is known to us in what we've accomplished or who we are or what we have. And it might be that you thought, well, it's a nice car if they're blessed. It's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a new uh, SUV or it's a, it's a new truck or maybe the people inside, just like they seem like they had it together. Like they were great, nice, normal, blessed people. And I doubt that most of us kind of thought initially, well, maybe it's like a 93 F-150 with primer gray paint on it. You know, right? We kind of associate blessing with, with the material things or a great name in the community or any of these things that we can acquire. And it's kind of a way of thinking that's not that dissimilar to the people of Jesus' day. That there was this idea that if we were blessed, then we, we would have a lot of stuff, or we would be healthy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, you might say. We would be popular. And it's into such a world that Jesus came, and he did his teaching, and he conducted his life and ministry in such a way that he started to redraw the boundaries of who was blessed. And people who thought they were already in, really weren't that excited about Jesus' ministry because he pushes against all of these social conventions and things that people thought they knew to be true as he taught about God's rule and reign as it came into the world through him. I want you to keep that in mind as you start working down the Beatitudes. Now, I'm doing all of them in one sermon. We could easily spend weeks by going each of them, but I want to get through the Sermon on the Mount in a in a merciful time frame for you all. So we're going to do them all together. So he starts out, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I'll just tell you that I am a legalist by nature. I would have, I would have been like drawn to the Pharisee camp. <laughs> Give me the list of the rules and what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, and let me make sure that I check all those things off and kind of earn the favor of God and other people. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who know 
that they don't have anything to offer God that would earn or merit his salvation. And as I've looked at the Beatitudes in the past, I've thought, okay, how can I be more blessed? I mean, quick audience perspective, how many of you would like to be more blessed? Those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're just real Baptist. And you're like, wait, we don't do that. Or you're new or something. Like, all of us would want to be blessed, and I would read the, the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, and I would think, okay, how can I be more poor in spirit? What would it look like for me to be more humble in my estimation in my eyes? Or what would it look like for me to mourn more? How, how could I get in that condition to then be described as blessed? And as you read the gospel account, the people who were poor in spirit, who were drawn to Jesus and his ministry, did not need to be told that they were poor in spirit. It wasn't a spiritual condition that they were going to like work themselves into and be like, all right, I'm blessed. They were the people who knew that as they had heard it, the regulations and things that they were supposed to do, or maybe the group of people they were born into or where they were from, they knew that they were on the outside looking in. Just flip through the Gospel of Matthew after the Sermon on the Mount. One of the first things that Matthew talks about is Jesus encountering a leper. Blessed or not so much? Not so much. Because of his skin condition, he was, you know, away from everybody, considered unclean. And Jesus draws toward this person and heals him. In the person of Jesus, the rule and reign of God is accessible in this person's life, and he is blessed. You just keep flowing through. The centurion, blessed or not? No, outside looking in, right? Not born into the right group of people. And you just keep flipping through. Men who are possessed by demons. Jesus calls Matthew, who is a what? Tax collector. Blessed or not? No. Like as we say tax collector, everybody should be like, boo. Traitor, thief, right? They didn't need to be told that they were on the outside looking in. They knew it. And it's the very understanding of who they were apart from God's grace and mercy in Jesus that drew them to him. And the way that you and I begin to experience the blessing that God would have us to know in Jesus is to understand and realize how desperately we need all that God has done for us in Jesus. So when I read that passage from Revelation chapter 4, it's a pretty striking passage, isn't it? When he says, I, I'm not so mad at you because you're hot or cold. You're, you're just kind of nothing. You're just kind of lukewarm. Any of you enjoy drinking lukewarm water? It's like, he says, I'll spit you out because you're, you're nothing because you think that you have everything. You think that you've got it all together. You think by the world's way or estimation that you are blessed, but you don't realize that you're really not. You can't see the reality of who you are. And so I, I think as I've read through the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes that, that the way in, you and I begin to experience the blessed life that Jesus is talking about it's not by trying to become something that would then merit God's favor or blessing, but it's to realize who we are. That each of us, apart from Jesus' grace and mercy, we are poor in spirit. 
And for us to draw near to him, we have to realize that we are. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who see the brokenness in their own heart and life and who see that in the world, for they will be what? Comforted. Not that they'll live with a low-level sense of guilt for the rest of their life, which I profess that I've often understood, at least in my heart, the gospel or the good news of Jesus kind of in those terms. Kind of in pharisaical terms like, hey, repent of your sins, come follow Jesus. You're never going to do it quite well enough. And the good news is you get to live with this low-level sense of guilt the rest of your life. That's not what Jesus said. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. But the good news of the gospel brings this good news to our hearts that though we are poor in spirit, though we can't get it together and fix ourselves, and we mourn that and the brokenness we see in the world, there is a comfort from knowing that despite who we are and all of our failures and all the things that we can't keep right, God loves us fully and completely through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Any of you still holding on to your New Year's resolutions? It's 20 seconds. Some of you are, yes, keep going. But for me, I probably have already forgotten what I said I was going to do. Like I can't get it together well enough. And the good news of the gospel is Jesus came to die for people like me. Blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Blessed are the meek, those who trust God to accomplish his will and his purpose in their lives and others. And like, they don't always have to be out front making everything happen. Everything that comes to them is not um, dependent upon their abilities or their smarts or what they can see or make happen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for things to be as they ought to be on earth. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Quick question, how do you become more merciful? How do you become more merciful? By, by really understanding and grasping the depths of God's mercy to you in Jesus. You remember that parable that Jesus told about the guy that owed the king like a bajillion, gazillion dollars? And the king brought him in, and what did he do? He forgave it. And then he went out and found the guy that owed him like 30 bucks, we'll just say. And he couldn't pay it, and he said, I'm not going to forgive you that. Like, until you can pay me, you can be thrown into prison. And the whole point of the parable that you and I understand and appreciate is that he couldn't see the depths of mercy that he had received, so he could not extend it to others. For you and I to become more merciful people, It all starts in us understanding and grasping the mercy that God has shown us in Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, those who seek after the things that God's heart beats for. Blessed are the peacemakers. Could Could our world use some peacemakers? Yeah. Everybody is so contentious about everything, I feel like. And you and I are called to move forward and be people who work for God's peace in this world. And we do that. We've been given this ministry of reconciliation because God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. 
This life that, that Jesus calls us to that's blessed is not a life that you and I manufacture in our own abilities. It's a life that we are given by faith in Jesus Christ as the Spirit is at work transforming us more and more into the image of Jesus. And it starts with the poverty of spirit, and it flows all the way through those beatitudes that Jesus gives us. And then it ends with this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Now that does not sound like happiness or joy to me. Is it you? And here's, here's the thing about, about the gospel. That, that sometimes you and I and others are offended by the free grace that God extends to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. As I look around the room today, I see a lot of people who, um, who are driven, who, who are seeking after something, and they're pretty smart and talented and gifted, and they've, they've done a lot, achieved a lot perhaps. And the gospel sometimes comes to us, if we're like that, and reminds us that nothing that you and I can accomplish in our own power ultimately will satisfy our hearts that will justify us before the Lord. And there is sometimes this pushback toward the gospel. And Jesus is going to see it all throughout his ministry in the gospels. That as the people who are on the inside, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious establishment, see Jesus extending God's kingdom and redrawing some of these boundary lines that they had set in their mind for who was in, who was out, who was blessed, who was not, persecution would ultimately come. So you and I should just kind of be ready for that. As we're reclaiming the gospel and sometimes disrupting people's expectations that there will be a certain sense of pushback and persecution. But, but I want to close with this, that this life is blessed because ultimately all of those things that you and I are searching to find our righteousness or our hope or our satisfaction in apart from Jesus will only leave us empty. All the things that you and I seek our happiness and our blessing apart from Jesus will ultimately leave us empty and kind of on this treadmill, always pursuing something we can never quite grasp. So if you look for it in your looks or you look for it in your abilities, guess what? Every day you're getting older, and like there's only so much you can do, right? And that stuff taken away from you little by little every day. Or if it's in your career and what you've accomplished and who you are and all you've done. Here's the thing. Even if you retire on the top of the world, like 10 years after you leave the company, everybody will be like, Wayne? Who was he? What did he do here? No lasting joy or satisfaction in that. But in the gospel and finding our righteousness and our peace in Jesus, that is one thing that nothing that happens in this world is ever going to take from you. And to know that God the Father looks upon you and sees you perfectly righteous through faith in Jesus and you find your hope and your joy and your happiness there. So I pray that that's increasingly true for you and for me. 
and we consider ourselves blessed not because of what we have or what we've done or what we don't have or what we haven't done. And there's a way to pursue these beatitudes. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 is a helpful corrective. We think if we could just do enough, sell all our stuff, give our body to be burned, then, then we would be blessed. And Paul says you can do all that. If you don't have love, you haven't gained anything. It's all about what God has done for us in Jesus. So I want you to imagine yourself pulling up to the stop sign again. The car in front of you, tag says blessed. What kind of car is it? Might be a 2023, what? What would you like? Range Rover? Or it might be a 90 pickup truck. Might be that everybody there looks great and they have it together, or it might be a minivan with cheese that's like crushed into the back carpet. <laughs> might be somebody that everybody knows, might be somebody that nobody will ever know. And everybody in between those poles could count themselves blessed if they are in Christ. I invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. That though we are separated from you because of our sin and disobedience, though we are poor in spirit and have nothing to offer to you or to merit your favor or salvation, you freely and graciously move toward us in Christ. And if we can just see that we are poor in spirit, that we have nothing to offer apart from Jesus, Lord, that we would experience the blessed hope of knowing and living for him. And that you, by the power of your spirit, would transform us into citizens of your kingdom. And we would move out into the world, and our works would shine like light, pointing other people to faith in you. And as they ask about this hope that we have, we can just point them to the good news of the grace and the blessing available to all people through faith in Christ. We pray that you would do that work in us. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.